What's up, guys, and welcome. You're listening to Voices of the Black and Gold, where we talk everything LAFC, the good and the bad. I'm your host, Nick, a.k.a. LAFC Hawaii. Today, we're going to talk about the new additions that we got to the club, uh, Killian Acosta and Ilya Sanchez. Um, two big names uh, from MLS points of view that have helped their clubs. It's good to have them come to LAFC. And, uh, you know, look, they're bringing a veteran um, uh, outlook for me to LAFC, something I've been asking for uh, for the last two years, something that I felt like we have actually been missing since uh, the Beta Shores and um, have left. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I like I like what they've done. I'm looking for more. Hope that the DP is someone that we are all excited about. Um, but with that said, I'm just going to keep it rolling. Uh, we'll bring him back, let him say what's up, and then uh, we'll just start shooting off to people and letting them hear what, hearing their thoughts. What's up, back? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be here again and uh, excited to be talking a little bit about some of the signings that we had. Um, a lot going on, and it's actually been pretty quiet for Monday given what we had last week. But uh, we're going to be breaking it down, what it means for our roster. We're also, as you guys noticed, been all cylinders on the website. Several pieces come up from Ben, me. We're going to have a lot more there. And uh, that only helps us with stuff to break down, you know, what, what, what our team's doing, where it's going. And, and we're pretty hopeful that this, this season's outcome is going to be a little bit different. So we'll be breaking it all down. And, uh, you know, again, just want to say hi to everyone. I, I really miss this space. Uh, it's good to have it back. Even though we don't have any games scheduled for like what six weeks, but it's gonna be fun to, uh, to to be breaking down what's what's happening in our club. Yeah, back to you, man. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm also excited to be back on here with everybody and getting all the opinions. Um, Eric, what, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, everybody? Great to be back and talking with everybody. Yeah, kind of watching everything along with you guys. What's coming in with signings? Some interesting things with uh, Illy Sanchez. It looks like he was making about $1.1 million last season. And so he's coming to us on a year with a one-year option after that. And Kellen Acosta is coming for a year and an option as well. He's also around $1.1 million. So looking at this season, we are going to have the most expensive midfield combination we've ever had. I mean, if you throw in... See Fuentes and Janela, we are we are getting near you know around three point three point four million or so in salary dedicated to our top four midfield guys, which is right. something we haven't had in the last uh, five years. So it's going to be interesting. Really going if, to dive into that later on this afternoon, right, Eric? Yeah, we are. We are going to get get into okay. that as well. But you know, on, right. on the spaces, gotta gotta chat with everybody here and kind of run it by. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, with that said, I mean, look, that shows that JT is really trying to move this forward. I mean, with one-year contracts, uh, he's basically saying this has to be the year. And um, all we can do is hope. Uh, with the leadership that we're going to have on the pitch and the older guys, it seems like we're going a lot older. This could be our year. Um, we just need that third DP. I, I stress it, I stress it, because we've yet, this will be our fifth year, and yet have had three DPs play the whole entire year. For me, that's a big uh, si negative sign, you know, and I, I want the three DPs. I don't want us to have any excuses. And um, if he's putting in this work, bring us that DP, and let's let's see if we can really make a run at the Cup this year. 
Uh, Justin, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? How's it Great going, buddy? Back. So what do you think about getting Acosta? I'm a big fan of this signing. Very big fan of uh, Kellen Acosta. Um, I think, as you mentioned, the experience that he brings, not only at a club level, but at an international level, is massive. Um, He's uh, he's just – the mentality that he brings is always uh, a winning mentality and a leadership that uh, we haven't had. We talk about having English-speaking leaders, which is great. Um, which we now have through Acosta, and then Elia Sanchez as well, speaks both English and Spanish, um, so he can also be a leader as a, as a veteran in this league. So I think both of those in the midfield, as, as Eric says, uh, we haven't really had a midfield that has looked like this in the past. Obviously, we lost at Tuesta, who was a, a leader, but he, um, he having an entire midfield is different than having one really high-quality player. So I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and... Yeah, I just I think that it'll be a good signing. I think that the one year with options is good because if we you know can succeed this year, it gives the club the option to to extend these guys. Uh, I know there's a lot of USMNT fans who are unhappy with Acosta coming to LAFC um, because they wanted him to see to see him go to Europe. But all that means is that it's a great sign for us because if we have somebody who's good enough uh, to go to Europe. It, it, it bodes well for how they'll play in MLS. Um, I know he was he wanted to go to Europe himself, but he has said that he will put everything out on the field for LAFC, which he I'm sure he will. I've always seen him as a consummate professional, um, and and it could also help LAFC in how the club wants to build in moving players on to Europe, right through our club, right. uh, which can only help. Right. No, for sure. It'll be a big deal if uh, we do move him the way that. I mean, because that's his goal. His goal is to go to Europe, and he wants to go there within the next, uh, I think he said, a year or two. So that puts us in a good position. Let him come here, show what he can do, and then move him on. Um, And, you know, look, LAFC hasn't been great at moving people on. And if we can make that happen for him, it will show well for LAFC. Uh, Uruguay, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Always a pleasure being here. And uh, I, I'm excited with these two signings, uh, Ilya Sanchez and uh, Kalina Costa. They are going to be much needed in this season, which which will have loads of, of FIFA dates with games for Sifu, um, maybe Acosta as well. Well, for example, Sifu has been recently called up in substitution uh, for the to the Ecuadorian national team. So... Uh, it's always interesting to have quality guys there that that can fill that role or gain the starting spot. Uh, for me, um, more than Ilie, um, Acosta is a really interesting signing. I, I, I've watched some highlights of him and uh, also some USMNT games. And uh, he seems like a really interesting player that can substitute Atuesta in that uh, free kick slash corner kick taker role he was the one who who made that cross to win the the gold cup for the u.s so it's great to have a player that can be as an specialist in that type of of place which lafc lacks Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully that can bring us a new weapon no i agree with that 100 percent um garrett what's up man hey how's it going man how you doing? How's it going, buddy? So I know you follow the men's national team a lot. And yes, uh, what, what do you think about Acosta coming to LAFC? 
Uh, very excited for him to become an LAFC. Um, you know, he's an MLS veteran. I think I believe he's only 26 right now. I could be wrong on that, but it's good to see. I've seen some of the quotes and some of the fans from Colorado were upset and, and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think he's motivated, which is exciting. Uh, as you know, I, you know, as a United States men's national team fan, I'm, you know, I'm a bit selfish. I wish he wouldn't have made the steps to Europe, but maybe this could be a stepping stone. But as long as he's part of the the midfield this season that wins MLS Cup, I have no problem. But very exciting to see him on our club. And I've never seen Ilya Sanchez play. I mean, maybe when he played against us, but he never stuck out to me. So I'm not going to pretend that I've seen him play before. And you know, but uh, the stats look good. But you know, stats is one thing, and seeing on the pitch is different. But as far as the midfield options now, it's good that we actually have some. You know, we could choose different partnerships and maybe we'll see new partnerships develop uh if Sharon Deleu can you know I, I'm not obviously you, you know how I feel about him and whatnot and the decision to hire him but uh, at least we got midfield options now we got some depth which is nice and let's hope uh, we have a healthy season in the midfield right on great great shout out Fernando what's up man What's happening? Happy birthday. Happy. <laughs> I just wish somebody happy birthday, but happy new year to everybody. I'll take it for an early one. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, um, I, as I told you guys in the chat, as I said it last Friday. Yeah. Why, why don't you give us a summary of, of what that was? Cause I thought it was a super yeah. cool format and you know, I love that, that, you know, we're a bilingual community and right some on. of us, you know, don't speak of course, Spanish, but I thought it was a neat idea to bring some of the ideas that you guys have in Spanish, connect with the community. But just tell us a bit about what the, the gist of the combo was. Right on, right on. So we'd been asking for spaces for a week, right? And we had to postpone this one for a while. So Uruguay and I and Sam, we, we kind of said, hey, we need something in Spanish. Um, we need to, to bring up, uh, connect with a different side, uh, you know, and lucky for us, Pablo from Dale uh, Black and Gold joined in and Chila from LA Sinfiltro joined in, which, you know, we know that they got a different perspective on things. They bring, you know, we may bring numbers and everything and they, you know, like Salsa and Eric, but um, Pablo and, and uh, Chila, they, they bring a, another view of the game. They know their stuff. Um and there were tons of points that, that were made, and Chila and, and Pablo will fill in later on when they come up. But uh, a point well, – Fill was... me in because I don't speak Spanish, so fill me <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the points that we brought up, you know, uh, definitely the DP issue. You know, what, what's it going to be? Do we need it? really need a DP at the beginning? Is it better to wait – uh, to the second half of the season, we, we, we see Toronto doing that with their big signing, right? Um, definitely the guys were excited about the new signings. Everybody's forgetting about Escobar, but I, I, that's one thing that, uh, that I want to bring up is the defense. Uh, another thing that we brought up, Pablo definitely brought up that on paper, this team, these signings, this roster, um, starts to look like a vertical team, like an attacking vertical team. Um, an issue for us to discuss is also, you know, the, the possession narrative from the last, from the first four years versus now. And, and Chile, Uruguay, and, and, and Pablo brought the, those two things up, you know. 
how we hear Cherundolo, Cherundolo and, and JT talk about uh, so-called LAFC 2.0 and the tweaks and, and how the narrative is switching to an attacking team, right? And when you listen to them, um, we don't hear that the possession term like we did with Bob. So Chila and, and, and Pablo went into what that, that would look like with a more vertical, more attacking team uh, that we can talk about later on. Um, definitely, we had uh, a, a guy, a journalist from Ecuador, uh, who's interested in what we see in Palacios and uh, Cifuentes. And this was last Friday, right? We were talking about last Friday, how we saw Palacios and Cifuentes and their role in the Ecuador uh, team, national team. And then look, boom, today we get both both guys um, got, <coughs> excuse me, got called up um, <coughs> for Ecuador. Um, for me, both Palacios and, and, and Sifu, my comment on that was that definitely I think JT would want to exhibit both of those players these first three, four months of the, of, 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 of the season uh, because definitely those are two major prospects, you know, major prospects to break through this year. And who knows? Everybody's been talking about Cifuentes moving on. It might be in the top priority for JT to sell, you know, and those would be two good players that LAFC can make money on. Uh, hate to see them go. I know some of you guys have got mixed feelings on both of them, um, but we'll see how they do on, on the break. Uh, that was it. That was Friday. It's called Chiringon. Uh, like Uruguay and I, we were going back and forth <laughs> trying to come up with a title for it. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Spanish uh, program called Chiringuito. Uh, it's, it's from Spain about football. And uh, we call it Chiringon because it's a mix of Chiringuito and Chingon LAFC. So okay, we, we'll do that once a month or something like that. Nice. Um, but I do want to get your guys' opinion. Like I said, all of you guys talked about the mid, and I know everybody's excited about the mid, mainly because we we missed, we lost a Tuesta. But um, how do you guys see the defense working out? Keeping in mind, Escobar comes in on the right. We're expecting uh, Segura uh, still not, uh, you know, no major report about them. How do you guys see the defense shaping up? Uh, that that's a good question. Um, I mean, it all really, for me, it all depends when we do get Segura back. Um, I know we had talked about it in the chat and, uh, some people were saying, yeah, he definitely is not going to be back in February for the first game. And for me, no matter what, if he misses any game, that's a big loss for us, right? Because he is the one that holds the defense together. Um, and you know, it sort of sucks also because we, we are expecting him to come back and be the same Segura and, that might not also be the case. You know, we don't know how bad the injury was and what he's dealing with to get healthy. So, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, we have to see. But I know a lot of you guys are all stoked about Escobar. And um, I'm sort of like how uh, Garrett was uh, for Sanchez. I mean, I've, I've seen him when he, we play uh, LAFC or you know, if I click onto the match uh, for an Atlanta game. But it isn't like I really watched him that much. So, um, it's yet to be determined for myself. JP? 
What's up, guys? Um, yeah, the defense is looking very interesting. I mean, I think the whole team is looking interesting. Um, my point on Friday was um, Terundolo has also stated that he's not tied to formation. So I see a lot of flexibility in this lineup and what we can do um, defensively in the midfield. I think offensively, we already know who's going to start or who should, who should, who should start. Um, but in the middle, we can do a lot of different things, um, play a lot of different ways. Um, where does Trundolo come from? He comes from Germany. And, you know, um, who's a vertical attacking um, intense team? And it's Bayern Munich. So, you know, what I said is, you know, obviously what we should strive to be is, is, is play like them because they're, you know, not known for possession, but they're known for vertical football that wins. Um, obviously, it's the MLS and we're not going to replicate that, but that's what we should aspire to be. That's what, you know, the team should be. But, um, yeah, Ilya can fill in at the center back spot. Um, he can play in the middle midfield. Um, Moon looks best on the with a back five, so you know we might do that. Um, it's just a lot of different things that I think the team is open to um, that I'm you know looking forward to, um, and I think we, we would be interest an uh, interesting matchup because you you shouldn't know what, what to expect from LAFC you know this season, uh, which is something that we would always you know. Um, you know, criticize Bob for, you know, never being able to switch it up uh, with the 4-3-3. So I think we have a lot of options um, with the with the roster that we're building. Yeah, I agree. You know, at first, uh, you know, we all were complaining a lot about no moves, no moves. And, and it's crazy. Just the last, you know, two weeks of the moves that we have seen have made things a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, when, when you have Garrett and Foot not really – going too hard for the people that have been brought that that's a good sign right because we know how they they have high expectations as they should and so look uh something might be happening right we're still on jt no matter what happens this is still on jt if the ship goes down he has to go but we do have to bring in some recognition of him understanding hey look we need more veterans on this team we need some leaders and that's what he's brought us so far so we just have to see how it plays out and and um you know, if we if we do have the right manager, at, at, you know, in in the spot, Craig, what's up, man? How you doing, Nick? How's, how's, how's it everyone? Going, buddy? Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back and um, very encouraging signs, as you say. It's I'm sitting here on a chilly night. I think we're at minus one, which is about thirty-one degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, so it's yeah, it's a. Uh, it's been it's, it's it's nice and crisp, but it's um. I'll try to bottle bit. up some of the warm weather and send it. To <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but what yeah, do you think no. about the signings that we've got? And, and Europe well, doesn't care and still plays, you know. And I love... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's where the turf comes in, isn't it? That's where it comes in handy over here, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the things obviously you guys would be more up to speed than me with a lot of these guys, but. Certainly, the pedigree that's coming in, I would say this is probably the best since the the inaugural setup. You know, the highest standard they're they're bringing these guys in from. Mm-hmm. They're, um, you know, they're, they're they they appear to be using a kind of a academy type. Um, what would you call it? Uh, method when they're when they're with uh, a cost where where. They're obviously promising this guy that he'll he'll get his move, you know, and that's what's attracting them to come and play for LAFC. You know, it's a, you know, it's I've I've seen it with teams over here where 
you know, if you're if you're trying to attract the best potential to get your to get your team um, the, their targets, you know, this is a stepping stone for him. So he's got every incentive to do well. Um, I think that's that's what they're doing with uh, Rodriguez. He's there's there's a talk of him moving on. Again, that's worked with him coming back. He's 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 played much better than he did before. Mm-hmm. So, and this is going to this is this is what LAFC want to be. They want to be a breeding club, don't they? They want to be a trading club, right? And I think that's that's what you're 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 seeing a wee bit here. You know, you're you're seeing they they're using this promise to be in the platform for people to get them to get moving, and that's clearly what has uh, got a cost of coming. So I think that's um, that's very encouraging. I would also say that we might want we might see a Vela that um, is maybe more incentivised to to play and to turn out now that he's he probably has a better stand of the teammate round about him than he's uh, you know you know more experienced. I don't know if anyone agrees with that because he's he's we spoke about the frustration he showed a lot. In games previously, you know, possibly he sees this midfield being improved and stuff. I don't know. You know, no, that's but a great it could, point. could, it I mean, could, look, could work that way, you know? No, that's a great point. I mean, look, if he sees what we're building for the midfield and then let's say we do bring in uh, some better pieces for the defense or another, you know, good DP, does Vela look at the summer and say, you know, I, I like where we're heading. We actually really have a chance and, and stay. Or does he, or do they just push him out and try to bring in someone else? That's a very good point, you know, and we don't know. Uh, and we also don't know about Brian, but I wrote this in the chat. Like, I honestly don't want him to leave yet. I know that's sort of, it's an up and down with a lot of people, but I feel like he showed us a lot of promise in the end of the season. And if he can continue that way, uh, you know, look, he can be the signing that we hoped he would and then make, you know, sell him, move him on and make the money that we should make off of him. So, um, you know, that that's yet to be seen. But um, we just got to hope that the front office is on the same same. Well, they're, they're, they're doing well so far, you know, the front office. And, and, they are. And, and uh, I, I mean, if there's if there's strong rumours about Brian leaving, you, you've, you've just got to be absolutely optimistic about who's coming in rather right. than being pessimistic about who's leaving. That's right. That's right. No, it's a great point. Very good point. Chris, what's up, man? What's up, fella? You talking about me? Yep. What's up, what's up man? No, I'm not I, calling I, you your other name, dude. I just it feels uh, weird. I was gonna say no. No one ever. No one ever calls me Chris in the chat. So I was like, wait, is that, is that me? Shit, is he talking about me? I just, I'm Nick, not even sure. Nick doesn't want to call Daddy. LAFC no, Dad. I sure don't. I, sure, I just can't not do it, bro. Uh, and, hey, I get you it. Lost your hand. I get it. All this Harbaugh talk and, and going on that. And, hey, look, I'm man. Sure I got, I got, I got. Start, you're gonna put something back in there. I got, I got, I got two passions in life, my friend. When it comes to sports, and it's Raiders and LAFC, and they're neck and neck, man. So I love it. They're both black. Which, by the hey, way, every, I'm not a everything friend, after that is a distant second. Colors, I love the black colors for both. Teams. I've got many, many, many other teams, but uh, the passion just ain't there for them like it is for these two. But um, <clears throat> with regard of, uh, to, all the signs we did, man. I mean, look, man. 
I wanted the signings too. We were like waiting, you know, everybody in the chat chat was really starting to turn nasty there for a couple of days where we're like, Hey, what, what is going on? Right. But um, from, from a standpoint of the two guys that we added, obviously I'm way more excited about Acosta than I am uh, Sanchez, but um couple points on Sanchez is, you know, it comes from a winning program coming from SKC. That's going to add a lot. Dude obviously understands how to win in the MLS because Sporting Kansas City has pretty much been doing it every year he's been there. They've been right at the very top of the Western Conference, MLS Cup, uh, you know, Ch- uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Like he, he's participated in all these things that we want to compete in. So it's important to have that experience and add that to the locker room. He's obviously got European pedigree, Barcelona Academy, yada, yada, all the stuff that we know. The thing that I'm just most, <coughs> I would say fits uh, what Thorington has talked about for years is that he's, he's versatile, right? He plays multiple positions. I think that's huge. We don't really know what Chirundolo is going to do uh, from a, from a, a standpoint of formation and how he's going to use a guy like him. But I'm also kind of interested to see his salary figures. We know what he made last year. Something was posted by, I think, uh, LFC edge or something like that today that he made a million dollars. Nobody knows that. I've never seen, I haven't seen anything posted about his actual salary, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's well over the, the $560,000 uh, $560, cap hit. So if homeboy's coming in making seven, 800,000, it's going to be really, really hard to sit him on the bench. How does this affect guys like uh, Janela? How does this affect, um, you know, guys like blessing, like all that remains to be seen. So there's a bit of a kind of an underlying concern there, but ultimately there's no other real issues with adding depth. But <clears throat> from a, from a cost standpoint, I'm not sure we could have done better from a, from a known quantity standpoint of replacing a Twesta, right? I mean, they're not the same players creatively going forward. Uh, they're not even really in the same at, you know, universe when it comes to creatively going forward. Some of the, the passes that you would see a Twesta make, especially, you know, uh, line breaking, things like that, progressing the ball. But Acosta covers ground. Like this dude is an engine. He doesn't quit. He runs. And when if we're going to have an attacking philosophy you've got to have somebody that can cover ground in the midfield because we saw it last year right there was games that we're halfway through going where's our midfield like what's going on because we either we, we get caught on both sides of the field and if our midfielders don't cover ground if they can't defensively tackle and win back possession then then our defense is just literally overwhelmed uh and eventually other teams scored <laughs> we we didn't right we couldn't finish now you've that, that's why we've you know, looked at Cabecita and added guys like Tashori Shroudy, et cetera. But, um, you know, look, and he's U.S. men's national team, so I got a special spot for him there. But but in reality, um, I love the addition. I think we overpaid. I really do, even at $1.1 million because supposedly the Rapids have 25% of his sell-on, which means we paid $1.1 million for 75% of the player, which puts his value at closer to like $1.5. That's steep. For me, that being said, we got all those fake dollars for for something. It ain't my money that LASC is spending. It's Steve Berg's and all the other 150 owners we got. So the reality is, man, is that I'm ecstatic about both ads. Acosta significantly more so because from a need perspective, he's not only the name, he brings the cachet, U.S. men's national team, obviously very informed, uh, you know, Colorado doesn't deploy him exactly the way the U.S. men's national team does. But if you watch that Gold Cup final, 
Acosta literally won the U.S. that game. We're not in that game without him. That dude was everywhere. He was wreaking havoc on the, the Mexican midfield. So I'm ecstatic about having that at the bank. I understand he's got this kind of upset thing going on with Colorado. <coughs> Excuse me. And I get that. Um, I don't think that affects us, man. I think the first time homeboy walks out there, game one against Colorado, 32-52 going ape shit, that stadium live, he's never experienced that at Dick Sporting Good Park, dude. Not That's one right. time. And it's over for him. The so he second he's there and we're cheering him on, it's over. All this stuff with him being upset about Europe, et cetera, who cares? And I'll leave you guys this last point. We have we have kind of complained here and there. I've heard it in the chat and some other spots about about the specific location of where we've sent players, right? Fenerbahce, Palmeiras, places like that. That being said, these are still European teams. These are European teams that have cachet. They're big in their leagues. They have history, right? We we here in the U.S. we want to see them go to a top five or the EPL, whatever. It's not that's you know even even Syria, whatever. That hasn't happened. But I honestly feel like if Acosta is sent to a different team, I feel like there is an even better opportunity for him to come and push and bust his ass in a World Cup year. He wants to be on that for that roster for Qatar, but at the same time, he wants to go to Europe. And right now, besides if you're a 19-year-old playing for Dallas, what other teams are having consistent success with getting guys overseas? LAFC has been able to do that now a few separate times. Whether we agree with where it is, I don't think that necessarily matters for a guy like Acosta. He's not going to freaking Chelsea, right? He just wants to get overseas. He wants to be in that environment. He thinks it'll, it'll, it'll improve him as a player. And I think that's really going to help him here. So, so this stuff that Thorington has said, hey, we want to show that we can move players. This will help us in the future. This will help us attract talent. I think Acosta might be the first kind of proof that that may actually be working, uh, spe specifically when I think we get out of him what we're going to get out of him this year. Okay, I understand that. And I know someone that might have a rebuttal for that, and we're going to let him speak, Fernando. No, no, no. I, aside, we we had this chat on Friday, right? Uh, and and um, you know, I think in in me talking about Cifuentes and Palacios with the sales, you know, I think more. I would agree with with, with their cost with their cost of being a ready uh, player to ship out kind of thing by November. But I still think that Cifuentes and Palacios have a lot more more weight with that you know and that i definitely think that for acosta it's about the u.s men's he everybody on the chat was sharing before he was announced the, the articles about him you know since 2019 uh, 2020 you know going down uh in stock uh, in the u.s men's and he wants to go back but one of the things that i two things that i wanted to bring up that that, that were brought up right now by by lfc dad where um Number one, Acosta offering the vertical uh, in, uh, sort of strategy for for LAFC, and, and he used a word that 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 I kind of debated with Pablo and and Uruguay on Friday, and it's like he's like the replacement of a Tuesta. I don't think there's a replacement for a Tuesta, honestly. It and and and, there LAFC, isn't. and LAFC dad just said it. You know, it's like we're not gonna get on a Tuesta that that holds the ball and everything. For a number of reasons, one JT is not again going back to the narrative on possession versus attacking, right? So, I think 
that we need to look at Acosta as LAFC 2.0, not as a replacement of Atuesta because Cherundolo is not going to play ball football, which is possession, you know, drive the ball. Pablo was talking about this, you know, drive the ball for two, three, four minutes, uh, you, you know, and the diamond passing the Barça tiki-taka, you know, that, that somebody brought up, you know, that's not going to be Cherundolo. That's not going to be this LAFC. So Acosta, what, what LAFC described in Acosta fits that narrative from Cherundolo and JT of the attacking more vertical team, right? That it goes up. And the last point that, that we discussed and, and the LAFC dad brought up right now is the whole fake MLS money, right? All these signings being brought in for free or on GAM. This is actually, we, we talked on the chat about what this means business-wise, right? That the owners are so upset with the failure of the project that they're holding out the money and just telling JT, you just spent three months last year. Remember, all of this comes from last year in June, July, when 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 Chicho, right before Chicho was coming. All of that GAM was collected from Baird and, and Mac from way back then, right? Mm -hmm. the, th the three extra international right. positions, everything, all of that. Right. So I've said in the chat, others have, have, have echoed the same thing that, you know, JT had accumulated all these three or $4 million in GAM. And basically the owner said, there's no cash, spend your MLS money, see what we can do with that. Show us what you can do with the team. And but how, how else do you spend MLS money though? Because right. that was my point. Like this is right. a, this is a feature of, uh, of the league to improve right. the league. So I think it's pressure of the league to say, Hey, spend this domestically because True. you're a part of this league and we want you to True. spend it. I honestly True. believe we, it's we pressure have, from the league. We had that debate, right. On, on, on what the league was doing, right. For LAFC, right. Propping LAFC, but at the same time, pressuring LAFC. Right. Sure. But, but at the same time, the point on this was JT can't go wrong with these signings no. because there's no, there's no cash. There's no cash out of the, the, the franchise that was spent. That's right. right? So if they don't work out, they're like, oops, well, we got to get rid of them within the MLS and we get back another international position and we get some more GAM, whatever, whatever, right? And, and, and from, a, from a relationship between JT and the FO, it's kind of like a win-win situation for him, right? Hey, he can always say, I didn't spend any of your money, you know, and we tried it, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like you guys were saying, bringing in this experience, the way I see it and why I'm not being so negative this last couple of weeks <laughs> until February, I told you guys, is that bringing in a couple of more MLS guys uh, definitely helps this team, the young guys, the, the Colombians, the Ecuadorians, you know, uh, figure out how to win an MLS game. Right. On Friday, I say I want to stay away from the whole narrative. Oh, we're winning a guy. We're bringing a guy that won an MLS Cup. Oh, we're bringing a guy that did this. The guy didn't win an MLS Cup. His team did. He was part of a team that won, right? You can't mm. replicate that. But, yes, the experience that they bring in is something that this team needed, even yes. with Bob. Yes. That... And, we, and we complained about that. Last year right. was such a young team, and it hurt us big time. But even and, when know, the, but even when the, but, but I mean, even in 2019, you, you know, even if we go back all, I mean, let's go back to the tournament, right? In Orlando, that shows the lack of MLS. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on that. But in 20, uh, in, in 19, I mean, we did have the Beta Shores, the Fell Harbors, the Harveys playing, and those are experienced guys. Like these are guys that really 
meant a lot to this club. You know, you would see them constantly demanding, even Walker. You know, these, these are guys that were really seasoned for MLS, though. Right. right? You know, and then, and then we, we had none of that in 2020. We had none of that in 2021. And look look right. how much right. of a different the team looked, you know. Right. And right. I'm I, look, I, I wasn't crazy about letting Duke go or anything, but you right. did let Young go. Uh, you know, a young Duke and a young Blackman to bring in two guys that are really seasoned players. So, you know, that that's where I am on that. JP, I've yeah. seen that you have something to say. Let, let's hear what you got. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, technically on paper, if we want to play possession-based um, soccer, the replacement for Atuesta would be Janela. Um, Acosta and, and Ilya just do not offer what Atuesta would do. Um, and if we play vertical football, you know, the balls that Acosta and Ellie are going to recover because both of them are technically double sixes um, is going to be great. And it's just, you know, get back the ball, boom, counter press, or, you know, look up for Sifu, give him the ball and let him, you know, orchestrate the attack. Um, but yeah, I was just, it was just that. It was a small comment, not, not anything too, too crazy. Oh, okay. Well, we're coming to the end of this, and uh, we're going to move over to um, do a live stream. Um, appreciate all you guys coming and joining us on here. Go ahead. Hey, Hawaii. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, well, one last thing. I'm, I just put it in the chat, but uh, someone just broke that we signed a goalkeeper coach, by the way. And who's that? I don't know if you saw that. Um, anybody have the chat up? I'm, 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 I look at the chat at the same thing. I'm, talking, I'm on spaces on, so toggling I could lose you, but – um, he, he's from DC United. He was at Philly the year before. So Romero's going to know who he is. Um, he's a German goalkeeper coach. So shocker with Sherundolo from what I understand, he's German. At least that's what <clears throat> somebody wrote on the, on the post and, uh, Pablo Moore from he, they, uh, the MLS assist on, on Twitter is the one who broke it. So it does look like our goalkeeper coach from last year is not being retained. Oh, his name, pretty... his, his, his name is Oka Nikolov from the yeah. Philadelphia union. Well, he was with DC United last year. He was with the I mean, Union they kept before that. <laughs> they kept our ah. coach. <laughs> After all the changes, you know, the one position that had so much instability, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. So I, I welcome any change in that position, to be very honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. From a coach standpoint and from a player standpoint, let's get another one signed That's soon, right. please. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certain, you know, I mean, the, the roster is incomplete without someone. So uh, I think maybe the, the coach being signed, may precede some bigger news we'll see well thanks for sharing that man i'm glad that we actually got a new coach at the goalkeepers uh position because we all know that that has not worked uh, especially the last two years we can all blame it on bob for moving them in and out but also they never look like they had good training back there so i'll put it on how bob many, and coach. how many times on the in the chat and on the pod that i mentioned that miller and Cisniega and Romero needed a good goalie coach. You yeah. know, how many well, Romero knows this coach? He's going yeah. from the union, so this is like for Romero and his future. Right, uh, right. And, was... and and it's like I said it plenty of times since Cisniega took over. It's like these guys need to invest $100,000 and go get their own trainer if LAFC doesn't do it. But this is exciting now because, like you said, JP, we've, we've been saying if, if, if Romero is the franchise goalie, he needs a lot of development. You, you, you know, and, and LAFC needs to invest on that. So if they get a, a, a good trainer, uh, we're still waiting on the fitness coach, right? We're still waiting on the fitness coach. That's another vital signing right there. We saw that 2020. We saw that last year. Fitness and this team 
was horrendous. Get another German. Bayern is physically crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. Hopefully. Hey, that's what he's here for. He has connections there. We hope that he gets to use those connections, right? Uh, but, yeah, guys, listen. This is it for the spaces. Uh, come and join us on the uh, live um, the live uh, chat that we'll have, and uh, you know, send things, and we'll talk about. It. So, how do you find us, real quick? Um, you will find us right now live on Twitter feeds, my Twitter feed, Hawaii's Twitter feed. We're also going to be on our Facebook channel that we launched as well, live, and then we'll post the whole show on Instagram as well, right after. Um, you know, and that's just the beginning. All right, guys. So, thank you so much for joining. You've been listening to the voices of the black and gold. Later. What's up, guys, and welcome. You're listening to the Voices of the Black and Gold, where we talk everything LAFC, the good and the bad. I'm your host, Nick, a.k.a. LAFC Hawaii. I'm here with my co-hosts, Celso and Eric, and I'm excited today, guys. We got our first live stream going. We have new players to talk about, a new coach, and uh, yeah, look, this is, this is the year that we have to win the cup, and this is the year that we're actually going for it. We got some veterans to the team. We're no longer the young team. We can make this happen. And uh, first of all, I'd like to send a shout out to Alan for helping us with that intro. The guys that have backed us on getting this all started. Celso, Eric, thank you for being here with me and joining me today. Um, But let's jump into it. Celso, what do you think about the moves that we've made to bring in the the veterans that we have in in, uh, Costa and uh, Sanchez? Yeah, first of all, I just want to take uh, take a moment to say hello to everybody. This is our first uh, live uh, video cast. I'm excited to be here. Uh, this is a new format for us. We're ironing out a lot of kinks, but um, you know, it, it is also uh, a time for us to discuss some of the offseason moves that we made. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know, so we expect more moves to be done before the season begins. But yeah, we're going to talk about our midfield, what um, some of the new player new players bring in to the mix since we already had lost so much and we were looking for some people to re- to replace some of those some of those names that we lost like a twist and such but yeah how do the new names fit into the greater scheme of things how do coach carundel expects to have the team ready to go and at the end of the day you know what do we expect this team to accomplish at the end of the season you know is this this the is this a season for us to contend or a season that we are looking for growth. And uh, I look forward to discussing that with you because that was some of what was discussed on our Friday broadcast, the first time that we broadcasted also in Spanish, where the team, our team discussed what is the ceiling for the, you know, the, for Coach Carondolo with the new players that they're bringing in. So we'll, bring it, we'll bring it, break it down. Back to you. Eric is here with us. You know, he j- just spent some time in Brazil. And, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, a twist is going to be playing and talk to us a little bit about that trip, what it meant, and also what are you, uh, what are you seeing here and what do you look forward to for the season? Yeah, well, you know, 
Great to see everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We've, we've been uh, kind of chatting on the spaces for a while, so it's really, really great to take the next step here for the, the fifth season of LAFC. And, you know, we're, we'll just, we'll keep it rolling and, and we'll, we'll try to be a great, a great kind of forum and uh, for everybody. But so, yeah, I took a trip to Brazil. I got married through the pandemic and my wife is from Brazil. And so, we finally got an opportunity to leave and we went down there and it just so happened that a Tuesta had been transferred about two, three weeks before we went. And my wife's family is all diehard Palmeiras family. So, you know, LA really kind of did a personal favor to me by sending him there of all places. So now her family are all LAFC fans because of a Tuesta. And it gives me a reason to cheer for her family's team since one of my favorite LAFC players is now there. Mm. So it was really great. Palmeiras fans were really excited about Atuesta. I went through the stadium, took a tour with my Atuesta jersey, and everybody kept telling me how great the LAFC jersey looks. Like, they loved the aesthetic appeal of it, and they were all super excited about Atuesta. And some of the highlights already out there, he is doing exactly what we love to see him do here. And I have a feeling he's going to be a great fit into that team. And so, read the whoever, comments, they love him already. It's like I'll, I'll I'll click on the comments, and they're already talking about the beautiful pass that he did just the other day. It was just perfect pass that we've seen from LAFC over the last you know four years, and to see people in Brazil talk about how buttery that pass was was really something special to to read. You know, as LAFC fans and seeing him go and succeed there is is really nice. Yeah, the, will and fully embrace you, as you know, Eric, because they will embrace him. It becomes the the true, uh, you know, cracky, as we call him. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, he, he will, he will certainly uh, take their hearts, and 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 there will be a twist of jerseys everywhere. It's that and, kind of culture, and and, and Palmeiras, as you know, it's on top of their game. Yeah, and you know, being Brazilian yourself, Brazilians, I think, have a lot more of a critical eye towards footballers than we do. You know, it's still a newer game up here in the U.S. and a bigger fan base. It's much more life down there. So, you know, people people will cut you for nothing down there if you don't put don't put it up on the pitch. You know, so uh, so just yeah. just and you don't have a lot of time already. to show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So seeing that already is even a, a better mark for that. You know, so, so let's uh, keep sure. the ball rolling. Let, let's move. Yeah, yeah no, I know, and, and it's a good segue because you know his departure really opened up uh, the conversation for right. how much our midfield had lost, right? right? And if you analyze this game over the last two or three years, you start seeing what we've been, what we were going to lack with his departure, right? What was he responsible for in the scheme of the Bob Bradley four-three-three with him as sort of the center mid, mid distributing the ball everywhere. So mm -hmm. when you look at A, the fact that we lost this player, and B, the fact that we lost this coach, how do you replace that kind of production, right? Because if you look at all of our stats for every single one of our games, most of what we would see is Eduardo Tuesta basically controlling the ball, defining the pace. How do we attack? Who gets the ball the most? It always comes through him. So mm -hmm. to bring someone to replace that player, it's also bringing someone who is going to have to be that maestro, right? conduct the orchestra. And I believe Eli Sanchez is the player that is going to do that for us. And his departure from SKC was preempted for the fact that he wants to be that player once again. And this is one of the things that I was be I've been excited to talk about throughout this broadcast. And, you know, again, I'll, 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 I'm, I'll hold my, my horses here first, but 
he is going to be basically the version of himself that he was before the last season. Because Ily, as you guys know, was asked to play a lot of center back because of the way the SKC roster was composed. I have a feeling that he was he he wants to be the Ily that he was before he was a center back. And we'll talk about the differences, what that means. But at the same time, we gain a player that can play basically both positions. And mm-hmm. I wonder now how much center back he's going to be playing versus center mid, right? And again, mm-hmm. considering that the initial need that we've had is we need to replace center mid. So I, 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 I want to go back to you a while to say, what do you think? You know, how do you think we play him, right? And also, how does he fit in the fact that we lost the pieces that we lost? And then where right. does he come to replace it? So as we just did our um, spaces, uh, it was brought to our attention from Fernando that, you know, look, we aren't going to replace the Atuesta, right? Like that's sort of hard to do uh, with the caliber of player that he, that he is. However, we brought in two really that is going to help us out for that lack of what we're going to be missing from him. Um, so, I, you know, look, I, I can't speak a, a lot on uh, Sanchez because I haven't watched a lot of him unless he's playing against LAFC. Um, but from the highlights and stuff, um, listen, if we get the old uh, Sanchez that I have seen on some of the highlights, he's going to do well for us. Um, even the Sanchez that was from last year, uh, I watched a highlight that he played against LAFC and um, he played well. Uh, I went back and, and checked it out and, and he did really well. And if we even mm-hmm. get that caliber with mm-hmm. uh, Acosta, in my opinion, uh, to help out, I think that we're going to do really, really well on that. Um, but I, I definitely want to hear the numbers uh, from you. Mm-hmm. And then I know Eric has some pretty interesting facts about our midfield that I want us to get to also. Absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of things on, on, on Italy before, before we move on, he's one of the top, top, top in this league, uh, aerial challenge defenders that we have. And, and again, let's forget positions for a little bit and ultimately think about defending an offense, right? Our offense, right. defense, to keep keep the game sort of simple. And when you analyze his, his, his performances, he's excellent, again, uh, on, with, with his head and, and, and his headers, right? And defending mm-hmm. with his head, whether it's in the midfield or in crosses. So we, we gain a huge asset there because we know that's been a weakness that we've had. We've actually mm-hmm. been middle of the road in terms of winning aerial challenges. And I'll tell you, teams that win a lot of aerial challenges tend to generate more chances, which essentially can generate more goals. So Ily has been excellent at that. And again, I'll, I'll start sharing some of these numbers with you guys as we go yeah. through it. Let's so let's, it's going to share some, share my screen here. Uh, so hopefully you guys can see a little bit of a couple of things that I was looking into here first. Here's Ily. And, oh, boy, this is going to be too small for us. So this is where uh, I'll go to this one, which I think it's a better a better, better graphics because I, 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 we, we're not going to be able to look at his stats as I, as I thought. But one of the things we will be able to look at is uh, his heat map, which, um, again, I, I use SofaScore a lot. And one of the things that I've noticed is the way that his heat map has evolved over time. So if you look at his time in MLS in 2021, you'd see that he spent most of his time on his defensive side of the ball. Now, this is what I was alluding to. When you go back to 2020, you see that he was basically oh, wow. everywhere. He was a little bit yeah. more centralized, right? And able to right. move back and forth. Now, of course, this is Edward Atuesta's heat map, right? 
pretty similar. So very you know similar I mean? to the movement that we have from Atuesta. Absolutely. So you see how right. Edward Atuesta's map sort of uh, evolved a little bit here over time. Sorry, this is the website being weird. But at the end of the day, corner to, you know, box to box, right? I forget the, the proper term for this, but you want a midfielder that is going to have the sort of lung, um, you know, format and where, you know, he's shaped in the midfield. That covers everything. Mm -hmm. Ilya Sanchez is that guy. Now, can he be that guy at 31 is really the question. You know, we don't know that. If the, he has the lungs to be this kind of guy or, you know, is this a product of his age? You know, you know, hey, Ilya, you kind of need to sit back. Right? But most of the season, he played at a center back right here, which tells me that he may start for LAFC until Eddie Segura is back as a center back. Because guess mm -hmm. what? We have a surplus of them, right? So I can see that being sort of the temporary solution for us to be able to play both of them because that's been one thing that we don't know exactly how it's going to go yet, right? But right. that's something that I've noticed with, with Ily Sanchez. But if you were to guess, and again, if I were to guess, right, we, the player and the team would like him to be this kind of player. But at the same time, as you guys know, we brought on we brought on another player, and we'll talk about a little bit in in in, in Kelly Acosta, right? That right. can do this very same thing, right? He can be this, you know, box to box midfielder that can defend really well, right? Right here, and then set up the attack. So it's up to Coach Carundolo, right? To, to basically set these guys up, say, hey, you never played with each other, but we're going to find a really cool way for you both to flourish, right? Mm -hmm. Because you both are in a very unique part of your careers, and we're going to have to change a little bit about what you guys done and done well. And I'm really excited for that. But with Illy, I think it begins to going back to what he was in 2020 when he had an excellent season. And again, that's who he's been for most of his career, right? right. He's a defensive midfielder, a guy that plays centrally, but he's not a center back. He needs to have people behind him. And that was one of the play problems that we have, for example, uh, with some of our center backs that were always exposed because they never had someone behind them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, that makes great sense. And uh, so Eric was giving me some info about uh, our midfield. And so our midfield is going to be the highest paid midfield, midfield that we've ever had at, for LAFC. Um, so, Eric, if you want to give us a little information about how the contracts yeah. are shaping up between Acosta and uh, Sanchez alone. Yeah. So the, with Illy Sanchez, um, he – well – they haven't released what exactly he came as a free agent. The NFLPA is going to release everything in spring as far as salaries, pretty much usually right before the season starts, just to make sure everybody is within uh, the, the rules and the salary caps. But mm -hmm. what, so going off what he made in Kansas city, which, you know, you could assume he's probably going to be making similar to that, but he was getting paid right around a million a year. And he's coming over here on a two year contract with a one year option in 24. And then you look at our other recent signing, Acosta. Kellen Acosta made around 1.1 million in Colorado last year. So just perspective, our typical midfield last year was right around $2 million total or less. A Tuesta was making um, a Tuesta was making about 1.3 million last year. And then we would have uh, blessing, let's say blessing 376k. 
Sifuentes around 411K, you know, and a lot of times it was Chris Ostomo who made 80,000, which pushes our, our midfield salary down to like 1.8 million on the field. And kind of why I think it, it's an important aspect to look at is, you know, MLS teams, their, their roster slots, basically they get around $9.2 million to spend on their, on their roster. You know, 4.9 million is the budget for your salaries. And then you have your GAM and your TAM, which you can buy that down on top of that designated players, their totals don't count in that. So important with the rosters is, you know, where the money is spent, because if every team in the league can spend the same amount of money, unlike like a lot of other leagues where, you know, a team spending 180 million, another team spending 20 million, we all have the same firepower to play with. So how you're going to distribute that around, I think, is uh, it, it's an interesting thing to look at with how teams are built. So anyways, our midfield this year, just with those two players, puts us around 2.1 million. You throw Janela in there at another 500,000. Now we have, you know, a $2.6 million midfield, whereas last year our midfield was maybe around 1.8 million. So just just as long as the value is there, our midfield should be performing better as a platoon. And if you mm -hmm. look... Last year, two-thirds of our, of our midfield was in one player. And you saw what yeah. happened when Atuesta wasn't on the field. Our midfield really fell apart. And it's because, you know, they're basically – the salary level there is just not there. Um, mm -hmm. some, some of the things yeah. to look at oh, – okay. No, see. no, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I'm agreeing because, yeah, it's it, – it Yeah, just yeah. So the, the other thing as well, I think, uh, with all of this – we, we could have more signings come in that we don't know. How is our defense going to look? We, Segura is out with an ACL surgery, which is typically a nine to 10 month proposition to be back in. So, right. So when do you think he will be back? Yeah. Yeah. Will Sanchez be filling in the back line? Will they, they try to do otherwise, but everything, those, everything's looking more like kind of more of a platoon than it is specific players and with no depth behind them, you know? Right. So I think the midfield, we're going to have a bunch of players covering for aspects of Atuesta. One Acosta, you know, we look at his his traits with Colorado is he's a much more pacey guy. He's a disruptive guy. You know, he's he's definitely really good on pressing, which mm -hmm. with Ily Sanchez, his mobility is is something talked about. He might not be the same as good at pressing. I mean, if our other midfielder they throw blessing in for more pressing, we could have a very, a very high energy um defense you know if they put Janela in there he's not as pacey either all of a sudden we're a more deliberate laid back uh defense so it, it it's going to be interesting to see how they want to play it maybe they'll play different situations for different teams and right. so you know we, we've kind of went from from famine to feast here with this team over the last three weeks from wanting to wanting to like yell at yell at anything like what are you doing at this team yeah. and also yeah. we're looking at like Oh, this could be well, it, it also the departures, you know, because we 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 lost a lot of guys that had been with the roster for a while, like Duke and such, and that was the the departure of Blackman, Blackman to yeah. Vancouver, which was kind of a backdoor deal that nobody kind of saw it coming. You know, we didn't think that he was going to be going, especially yeah, to Canada, yeah, and play against us, right? Twice a year, so it's always it's always interesting when players end up close to you. Uh, you know, whether it's with your arrival, like, like Edwards, you know, we didn't really talk about departures yet, but you know, how do, how did that, how does that gel in the great scheme of things? You know, did they have a bigger act ahead of them 
playing for a rival or playing for, you know, a team that is kind of near them. Uh, but I'm very happy for a guy like Duke, for example, that is going to be playing in Miami where the situation is extremely fluid. They're building something from scratch, right? There's zero attachment to LAFC other than the game we're going to play against, which is one of the party, right? Early on at right. Miami. So, um, you know, it, it really is interesting to me to see where these players end up in their careers when they start with a club that's so young. Yeah, um, no, but my thing was. But you don't want it to be against you and scoring against you, right? That's the, that's the tough part, you know. In yeah. other sports, they try to trade you away as far as they as they can from, you know. And I felt that some of these guys landed a little bit too close for comfort. Yeah, no, you know the thing I was saying though about about um, us letting go all these young guys is we brought in the veterans that we've been asking for though, right? We we have went so young and and. Uh, last year in 2021 that it was a real it was hard for us to watch when you had the Bella and and Atuesta go out because the quality of the young guys just weren't there and so us bringing in the veterans is a big deal um for us to have a Sanchez and an Acosta come in they're gonna void they're gonna make that void a lot easier and it's gonna be a lot easier for the Vellas and the Arangos to relate with these guys uh having the experience that they have you yeah, know especially in the midfield yeah, yeah. because even a twist that was extremely young you know i mean he's a mature guy you know for young age, but as you said really mature young. right like you know he just he there, was a beast there, out there, there there's he didn't one play thing, like a young guy illy is 28 i mean excuse me illy's uh 31 years old uh costa's 26 years old franco escobar is 25 years old uh edward twist was 23 years old right so he gives you an idea ishmael tajuri shradi's 26 years old so rounding up all of our signings, you know, everybody over 25. We were actually, this past season, one of the youngest rosters in MLS. And if you consider the minutes the young the youth played, um, it was actually one of the youngest rosters to play in MLS this past year. So, it's pretty, so we, we added money, some experience for sure. Yeah. yeah, let me go back, though. For the money that we have spent for these two guys alone, which we're assuming that it's going to be, is it money well spent for our midfield, though? you know that's that's something we're going to find out this season you know just kind of kind of looking at looking at how how fans kind of felt about it on on other teams um for for Acosta a a lot of Colorado fan comments that I saw uh, Colorado has a glut of midfielders right now and you know some so one thing that they feel they can't replace is his, his pressing ability and just ability to disrupt, disrupt the play. Mm. But the other side of it is they have so much other good depth there. They didn't see how anybody's going to play. And uh, another, another thing as well is uh, in the playoffs, Acosta played at left back, which was with some fans kind of wondered why they were sticking him back there instead of in the midfield. But that apparently their playoff game, and I didn't notice at the time, but that that's where they played him. So that's that's something kind of interesting to see with it. Um, Sanchez, another one seeing from a lot of KC fans, kind of the same thing. Like they wondered whether whether what he made was a good value for what he did, and some thought he was kind of a marginal starter or not. You know, so. Obviously, a lot of this comes down, like you were showing with the heat charts, is how a player is being used. And 
Take Latif Blessing, for example. How is he used as a right wing? And how is he used as a midfield destroyer? And it's two completely different things, you know? And we always see that with players where they're put in one position with a role and they struggle. And then they put him into another position with a different role. And all of a sudden they become superstars, you know? So it, it's, a, it's another interesting, interesting th- thing to see. And one other thing I wanted to touch out with the, with the contracts for a second that I just thought was really weird with the Bryce Duke and Tristan Blackman trade is that uh, Vancouver gave, gave Charlotte uh, $350,000 in GAM for Tristan Blackman. We got $100,000 from Miami for Bryce Duke. And we um, get the, there's incentives with more. But basically, we, we kept Bryce Duke from the draft so they wouldn't take him to get $100,000. Meanwhile, the guy we didn't keep got taken and dished elsewhere for three hundred and fifty. dollars So part of that, I, I thought, was kind of a it, – it's kind of an interesting, interesting dynamic. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. It, 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 what I, a side note, what I, I thought it was really interesting is the fact that Bryce Duke's still a homegrown player, even though he's on his third roster or something, and he's going to Miami. And, and, and that's when you start kind of really getting into how, how awkward and weird the MLS rules are, right? And, and we have this secondary market with a parallel uh, currency called the GAM, right? Yeah. That, that you can accumulate. And again, why do you think they created this? It's it's to protect the league. It's to develop from within. It's to allow the league to have a, a strong market and not become what I thought the Brazilian league has had become for several years, which was you couldn't fall in love with a player before they left the next day. And you didn't you don't want that to happen to MLS. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's enough greedy bastards in there running these teams now, right? That this yeah. will become um, you know the norm if we get rid of the the evil gam tam dp uh right. you know, uh, rules of, of, of engagement this is done to protect a growing league and i would caution anyone against removing those protections because well, and yes we all want the players to go to europe yeah 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 europe europe, europe. until your your roster becomes ncaa and every year you have to remember who they are again and then they're all 17 18 welcome to brazil now what happened in brazil is a reverse right the private money is coming in and you're starting to see like people like leila which own palmeiras now putting pony up private money right to bring players and build up that league again that's what's happening right but you don't want mls to go that route sorry Good. right it's a long way. no no yeah, no yeah. It's, it's all great points you know and i mean as, as someone that i've been told i'm a little euro bias you know yeah i'm one of those that's always saying euro 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 i'm not going but euro is where the money is euro is where the money is yeah that's ultimately what you know these guys are 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 chasing right right. they're all chasing money money. we'll help you we'll help you get there you know right yeah go ahead eric but as confusing as all of the all the salary cap rules are, you know, the, the point of it is to try to make an even competition. And if we look at the history in 26 years of MLS, there's 16 different cup winners. And I think it's, you know, for better or for worse, it's, it's hard to find another league in the world that has that many different champions within that time period. So, I mean, I, I think at the, at the very least for, you know, the pluses or minuses of the structure, that is one thing it's delivered and it's different, you know, and next year we win the cup. That's going to be 17 different champions in 27 years, you know? That's so right. That's right. 
Well, as you guys all know, we have a we have a spaces where we all let it, people come in and talk. Uh, we've invited a few of the guys here. JP's with us now. We're going to bring him in, get a couple of his um, ideas of what he thinks about uh, is happening with this club. And uh, that's how we're going to do things. We're going to always bring guests in um, as we do on uh, on spaces. And um, this is still going to be a platform for uh, any opinions are all welcome uh, for the voices of the black and gold. So let's go on and add JP in here. And uh, what's up, JP? What's up, guys? My camera's a bit fuzzy. Um, I, I can't see that. Fix it, but did um, you need to wipe it off? No, it's just it's just an old computer, I guess. I don't know. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. How's it going today, JP? I'm good, man. Just came it's, home from. It's kind of like a retro look. I feel like I'm, you know, you're in the '70s or something. Yeah. yeah. Filming us with like a, <laughs> an, like film. You're using film, you know, yeah. something like Starship. that. But yeah, man, like uh, you know, talk to us about LAFC and uh, you know this season and what are you thinking? I think the the ship is uh, sailing in the right direction now. You know, you get four MLS veterans. Um, you get two people who've won MLS Cup. Um, you get two people to help in the midfield that was depleted after, you know, Duke and Atuesta leaving. Um, and you also, I think, need to highlight the the ferocity and the attitude of these guys. That's right. Um, these guys are, are are hungry. You know, I don't want to go into a 50-50 challenge with, with Escobar or Kellen Acosta or Sanchez, you know. Um, that's something that um, I think the fan base thought was lacking, especially against the Seattle game in the finals. You know, they just kicked us and we just never had a response. And And I think now we're getting, you know, a bit more of a, a personality on the pitch, um, regardless of, you know, how we play on the field. You know, we're going to have personality. And I think that's something that, that wins championships. Um, right. Apart from that, you know, on the field, these guys are going to add a lot more. Um, like Celso said on the heat maps, um, where I think Acosta and Ailey are going to are gonna shine is, you know, recovering balls and then how we're going to push forward from there. Um, I think Vignella and Latif will will come in when I think we know we want more possession or, you know, more high press. Um, Acosta perfectly replaces K. Um, whether we want to see it like that, they both just cover ground immensely. Um, and then Ilya just adds, um, you know, he's the guy that can give those those passes that, that go through the lines like Atuesta did. Um, maybe, you know, not at the, the same pace or, you know, um, energy level because, you know, Atuesta is, is maybe irreplaceable, but it's still, you know, a class. And he's going to be able to teach and mentor Guinella and Sifu because he comes from La Masia and not many people can graduate from there and, you know, continue their, their, their professional careers. Um, so, yeah, um, you just we just have to wait to see tomorrow, I guess, how these players come back, um, what shape they're in, and then go from there. But I think the, the, the boat is sailing in the right direction. I think Chirundolo... Uh, JT has made his job a lot easier, giving him the right pieces. Um, because if you would have given him USL players like last semester, like last season, it just wouldn't have gone anywhere. Right. Um, but and so JT is doing a great job of, of giving Trundolo, um good pieces to make his job easier. And you know, it starts tomorrow. Um, and you, you know, everyone has to get to work, regardless if Chicho and Sifu and, and Palacios are out um, on international duty or COVID. Um, everybody else just needs to get there and start to work um so you know make this easier for everybody right what do you think what do you expect of coach Chirundolo at training during training during training because you you had some insight uh with uh, la soccer hub and covering the team what, what do you expect of him uh and difference being 
and he's different from Bob Bradley in how to conduct training? Uh, I think Chirundal needs to have intensity, but um, he needs to also be a player coach, um, which I think he is. Um, I think he's a lot younger. I think he uh, a word he he's, he used is laughter, or he's gonna have his players laugh at practice, uh, which I think is is interesting because. Um, you know, you don't really think of that when you're playing soccer or practicing, but, um, you know, you need that, but you also need high intensity because in Germany, it's a, it's a high level of play and it's an intense level of play. Um, Pepe just had his first star and he said the intensity was different. So I think he, he, you know, played his whole career there, got his license there. So I think he needs to implement that entire AFC, um, especially if we want to play, you know, good, attractive winning football. Right. No, for sure. What's up, Justin? How's it going, yeah. guys? Glad you could join us, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, a quick intro about Justin. Uh, he's got a pot of his own, and 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 his second passion, uh, aside from LAFC, uh, is Manchester City. Just want to make sure I get my teams right here. So he's got a cool pod here. Check him out if you have if you haven't yet. Um, you know, and I'll let you plug it in as well. But thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, we didn't have I'm to also... mention city on this pod, but whatever, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Man. That's, that's why oh, I did man. it. You know, Here that's why go. the co-host did it. You know what I mean? Cause I knew that it wasn't coming from the, the other no, side. Seriously, here, but... Let's talk about LAFC and what you see you have, that they've built so far. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm sure I've seen you guys talking about it a lot. Obviously the new signings, uh, Elias Sanchez, uh, Kellen Acosta, um, I think obviously everyone's going to be more excited about Kellen Acosta with his international experience and the pedigree that he brings, especially obviously he's in the prime of his career as well at 26 years old. Um, to me, I, I mentioned it on spaces to me, the, the big thing he brings is not only that box to box midfield uh, number eight or six ability, or even 10, if we really need it ability. Um, but it, it's the leadership that he brings, the experience that he brings uh, to me, the, the story that always hits home um, is uh in, in I know JP might not like this, but in the Nations League final, he before uh, Andre Guardado was going to take his penalty against Horvath, um, Kellen Costa went up to him and said, "Essentially, you're a failure. You're gonna you're gonna miss this penalty. All of these fans are gonna boo you. You're not even a, a starter on this team. You're retired and and got in his head right before that penalty. And that is the type of energy that we need. That type of grit uh, that will." change of the game for LAFC that we really haven't had um, in, in a few years. Just wanted to throw a stat out there about the guys that we brought in. So, you know, and, and if you look brilliantly, LAFC has been pretty weak on the yellow card side. And I know that's not a good stat to be, you know, to be, uh, you know, very proud of, but all the guys we brought in over the span of their careers have had double digit cards, right? So it, they're, these are people that are going to be challenging you and stopping the play when they have to, because that's one of the things that I saw the most is when the play got, you know, when some, a player got dispossessed, right? The play wouldn't stop fast enough. For example, over the last three seasons, Ailey Sanchez, 18 yellow cards, only one red, right? So they know how to foul, when to foul, and use yellow cards to their advantage, right, as a tool. Kellen Acosta, 17 cards. Franco Escobar, 19 cards. Eduardo Atuesta, which was probably the most, you know, uh, by comparison, over the last three seasons, had 14, right? Ismael Sharadi is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is more of an offensive player, so he doesn't count. But, you know, gives you an idea that kind of player. Ed Maddox had three, you know, over his, uh, his career. So it's the kind of player that also will get in the face when he has to. So 
I like that, right? It's a more, uh, it's going to be a more aggressive team, the team that's going to uh, be tight, right? Especially because that's that's what I had a problem with. Like you're not going to be able to stop every time, right? And, and the counter strikes were killing us, and no one just stopped those plays, right? As they were they were developing, but and I just want to kind of put that stat out there because it's interesting. No, it's a great stat, and I appreciate that. Um, I also want to bring up Escobar, somebody I haven't brought up a lot. I don't know too much. I know I've watched some of the highlights. Again, I said this on Spaces, but whenever we played Atlanta, I've watched some. I've watched some of the Atlanta games. It isn't like I've followed Atlanta a lot, so I can't speak too much, but I know a lot of people are high on Escobar. Um, yeah. Anyone have anything they want to say about Escobar yeah. that we can so, learn a little bit of information? About I'll, I'll start, and then we should we should go around this. So I'll, I'll give you guys some stats. So again, I'll, I'll, I'll share uh, a few stats here. Hope you guys be able to see it a little bit better uh, on what he's done. So he's been around, you know. So the, the difference between him and some of the other guys is that he hasn't been stable on his teams. He's been in three rosters, you know. He's he was loaned, and, and he he's been hurt a little bit. So there has been not a lot of uh, consistency, if you may on where he's playing so but if you go on the cumulative aspect of what he's done he's played almost you know, over the again last three years almost 50 games and about four thousand minutes so he's much much in line with some of these other guys that that you see here you know it would help if i put his name up right there's escobar our uh, argentinian and if you see ishmael off the three the right. one that he was going to be least. my next question so we might as well right. talk about both of them Right, right. So you can see here again, I put them all here so we can get a sense of how much they've played over the last three years. And you see that they've played a ton of games, right? Sarad is probably the one that played the least because he had mostly some injury issues. But Escobar has been excellent on his defensive game. And as I mentioned, you know, again, the, the, the cards here, as you can see, uh, sorry, here's the cards as I see. Now everybody Just to interject real fast, if that's okay. Look at those yeah. amount of minutes. That you yeah, have the, the minutes, those the minutes are players. impressive. Right, the right, four, right. Those four players, the minutes alone. I mean, we, we're talking about we are getting some guys that have been on the pitch, that they understand exactly. what's going on. And that, that's exactly. a big plus for us. And, and something that we on the spaces have been – we complained about all last year, mm -hmm. right? There, When the right. one went down, it wasn't like you had another uh, veteran or someone that has least had uh, even close to a 1,000 minutes on a pitch. So Correct. for these four guys to come in – um, as much as we have complained about JT, that shows me right there that he has done a, a good job uh, yeah. the last three weeks. Yeah, and he's looking for guys that kind of, you know, if you look at the twist, he's looking for guys that kind of bring, you know, a twist as big as acid was his progressive passing, right? Like 27,000 yards of progressive passing with his career at LAFC. So, you know, he immediately went and got Illy Sanchez that has a very similar progressive passing rate to re suppress that kind of change. So I, I expect a lot from Ailey here in, in replacing a Twista in what he used to do, again, as the ball distributor. Right. And then Kellen, you know, is going to really be sort of this unknown. You know, I believe that he was not in the plans. You know, I, I don't believe he was part of uh, the initial plan. So I believe he's a bonus for us, right? right. We don't know what we're going to get with him. And all of a sudden we get all this depth, right? But we but might get a the player that might be tuned out, right? But Escobar, Escobar is like a bulldog, though. Right. He's a bulldog, Escobar is right? really the bulldog. He's, he's again, he's the defensive. He's going to play left back and, uh, you know, again, suppress some of the needs that that, that we've had in, the, in that position, which, again, let's be honest, like we haven't had someone straight to play that in, in for a right. long time. But the stats are not there. Why? Because he hasn't played consistently. Like he has minutes and he's always part of the starting 11. But 
he's not doing enough to contribute. Like he's not scoring goals and he's not like killing a ton of, uh, you know, uh, of challenge, but he's consistent and he defends well. So I, it's more off the ball stuff. That so we're yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the scoring of the goals really don't matter for me, for him, right? Like we just need someone to, you know, be back there and be a good defender. Um, my complaint was uh, what I did worry about is I found out that he gets accumulates a lot of red cards. Uh, maybe Justin, you can talk about this a little bit. Um, I don't know how much you know about him, but uh, from what I've seen, he he sort of does get suspended at least once or twice a year for, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a strong arm play or something. Is this right or wrong? Yeah, I think that, uh, but I think, it, I think it lends to what I was saying earlier is that, yeah, it, it can be a problem if you can't control your emotions. Um, but I think it's, it's that mentality and that grit to change the, the mentality of LAFC because we've been a team that has gotten pushed around. Uh, in the past and that is just not going to happen anymore with these three editions right. uh, and, and that that's major in the MLS people underestimate the physicality of this league very often uh, it is an extremely physical league uh, and it needs to be you have to have a mentality that you're not scared of anybody and that you will go in for any challenge at any time uh, yes that that has to be balanced though obviously because you don't want to be getting unnecessary red cards and put your team in a, in, in a bad position um, but as far as Escobar himself I think that it gives us a lot of flexibility as a squad, uh, especially with Shrindaloo. I think he has a, the ability to play multiple formations because Escobar probably fits better in that back four if we want to go there. We also mm. have Kim Moon-Juan, of course. If we want to play a back five, I think he fits better in that uh, type of formation. So, uh, and, and then obviously we've talked about Leo Sanchez can play the six, can play center back. Kellen Costa can play anywhere in the midfield. Uh, Diego Palacios, we've seen, can play left back. He can also play in in the six as well if need be. We have Chicho can play in the 10, drop deeper. Uh, and, and so there's just so much ability to, to change formation and uh, adjust to our opponents, which is a big, big plus to me. And right. the other thing is that they all play 90 minutes. Uh, that When they start, they play 90. And all these guys have average 85, 90 minutes per game they started. Um, and I, I'm actually hoping that they come in and, and not be subs or, or be subbed out, that they're the ones that their core of the team is around them, these three guys that we brought in, right? And then we can build around a, a stronger core. Because in my opinion, we had all the talent, we just didn't have the core, right? Mm-hmm. Stave, stable players, right? And, and outside of a twist, like we just didn't have it. Right. Um, and and, and Ismail Tajuri Shradi as well, uh, I think yeah. is, I think we need super to... Super sub. Yeah, well, I think it's not only a super sub, but I think that MLS is a long season, right? There will be injuries. We can't avoid that. And what we saw last season was instead of having really ready made replacements, we started bringing in USL players to fill that front three. Uh, Obviously, Velo was out pretty much the whole whole year. But uh, Ismail Tajuri Shradi is an MLS caliber caliber player that if we get an injury, if Vela isn't fit to go the entire season, whatever the case may be, he's ready to go. And it's not a downgrade. So for the most part, yeah. he's most likely going to be a super sub. Yeah, well, if he plays Vela's position too, game. right? So the, the question is, is Vela going to be healthy to play third games? <laughs> because if the – I think he's an insurance policy against the Vela ca- catastrophe. Mm. All right, JP, yeah, Because he plugs in, in on the right wing. It's also, it's also a World Cup year. Um, so a lot of the other yeah, players are going to be fighting for, for a spot. Um, you know, Moonwan is not going to want to be on the bench because if he's on the bench, he's not going to go play in the World Cup. Um, yeah. Korea is most likely going to qualify. Ecuador is going to qualify. 
Uruguay is really going to fight for that that fifth spot. Um, and then usually South America qualifies in, in playoffs. So uh, Chicho got his first call up. Might be, might you know, if he stays the way he's been playing, um, the way he came into the the, the league, he's going to get keep on getting call ups. So we have a lot of players who who are going to want to show out this season for themselves, and it ultimately helps the club. Um, right. Um, ultimately, yeah. Chirundolo has to manage that and make it so that their individual stats um, don't make them selfish um, and, you know, obviously help the team. Um, and then if they help the team, it helps them. Um, because if you're on a winning team, you're going to be looked at. Um, so I think on this, ultimately, maybe Moon, Moon starts over Escobar because he's going to play. Um, LAFC are going to want to have as many World Cup players um, as they can, you know, just gives LAFC much more exposure. And then when Moon has to go back to Korea, Escobar plays, and it's just an easy, an easy switch. Um, or maybe you know, like you know, Vela. I don't think he's gonna play that that many ninety-minute games. Um, it's just not smart. Um, maybe he's just not that fit. And then Ismail easily comes off the bench for 30, 20 minutes every every game. And then when B Rod goes to Uruguay, he's the next man up. Um, so yeah. <laughs> or or away, right? Because I was gonna say, what if B Rod leaves? for good you know and that's the other piece that i've been pondering that, now that's another problem but that then it's just not smart because then that adds another problem for chirundolo which he just doesn't need um yeah i think i think b would be an amazing actor for him to just switch up and try to leave this 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 season um you know the way he came back it's too much on the line because you're already in your roster you're 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 making it the roster to to the world cup right so why why would you get away from that? You know, but LAFC. He, he just came back so like in love with the club and like he wanted to give everything for this club for them to go back to Uruguay for these off season and then come back and not want to want to come back. It's just very dramatic. Very, you know, we're very crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I hope we seems, get the same one. I hope we get the same Rodriguez back. Go ahead, Eric. My bad, man. Yeah, no, the, the same thing. It's it seems like for two years we've been waiting for the Rodriguez that played the second half of last season. That's right. And, you know, so for me to see the club move him on right now, to me, seems crazy because I feel like if he builds on what he did last year, he's going to have the first real, real year of being, you know, a top player in the league, which he has the physical gifts to be one of the best players in the league. You know, we've all seen it. It's his head. His head looks like it's on straight. If if he has one good year, boom, he gets everything he wants. The club gets everything they want out of him. And, you know, we move on with, uh, you know, he goes to Europe and, and we look to open up that, that DP slot. Yeah. And I think that's the other question. Is there a bigger move behind the scenes for the next three to six months, which is already being orchestrated with him leaving in mind, right? Because it's, it's kind of, the, the writing is on the wall. It's just a matter of time, uh, you know, and I believe him is uh, that him and Ezekiel Barco are very similar players in that regards. They're, they're going to come in. It cost a lot of money. They, they had some contribution. They weren't great contributions. We're probably going to take a little bit of a loss on them and we will treat them as a lease, like the nice car lease that you like had it. You like drove around. It was probably overpaid on it, but you wanted to really just, just take it off my hands right now because I've, I've done enough with this. You know, I don't see us making money off that player. So if there's an offer on the table that will at least make a safe face and we got two seasons out of him, they got three or four out of Barco, right? So they got a little bit more out of it. But I believe it's actually something we should 
consider it. I, I don't I think he poses more problems for us as a roster than he helps. You know, but the fact that he gets called up all the time, the fact that he's always in Uruguay during the offseason doesn't feel to me like he actually likes the culture of Los Angeles in order to be part of this team. So I don't know. There's an offer he should go. What do you guys not. think? I hope not. I, I want him to be the same one that we've seen at the end of the year. That's just me. Um, it was good to see. He, as JP said, he looked like he was ready to be there, or as Eric said. And, um, you know, look, I want him to put the ball in the back of the net more, but I also appreciate the assist that we get from him and the hustle that we were getting at the last of the year. It's something that I want to, I want to see from our DPs, right? So if he can continue that to this year and add some more, like actually hit the back of the net, then money well spent for this year. Um, but, you know, look, that, that's, that's still to come to see and if we get that, that Rodriguez back. You know, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I, I just think on the point of uh, going back to the, the physicality of this league and Brian, I think you, you can see he's been in the gym all this offseason. Maybe he's been in Uruguay, but he's been in the gym. Uh, and you That's can right. see the difference uh, in it, just in his physical form. You can see he's put on some muscle, which will certainly help him uh, in this league and, and just to become that top player that Eric was alluding to because he, he showed that at the end of last season, but he does get pushed off the ball occasionally uh, because – as I, the, these defenders in MLS aren't scared to, you know, crack him. Uh, he's, he's a very stylish player, right? He's that guy that will showboat a little bit and players don't like that. So they'll put in a tackle, but he's got to be strong enough to deal with that. Well, if anything, he doesn't get cracked enough for the amount of dribbling he does. Nobody actually comes in like and splits him up. Like I saw the one game we saw, it was like with you and I, Eric, we were actually sitting together and he yeah. got up pissed off. And I was like, there you go. Now we're going to have something. It was against Seattle. <laughs> And then Chicha was like on everybody's face. And then suddenly we had a feisting in our hands. So you're right. I mean, if we, we bring in some, some midfielders that can push these offensive players and put them in their right state of mind, maybe, maybe we'll have a chance, right, when he comes in and it's RSL, playoff, and we're at home because hey, this is the only playoff game we're going to have at home. And maybe we'll win that one, right? Um, and I honestly believe that's where our season's going to end up. We're going to have one yeah. playoff game at home against a really good team, and we're going to win it with this roster because there's a lot of winners in it. So you know, I, I was excited. I was very excited about him when he was signed. And I want to see that player that I was excited to see because I really never saw the player that I was really excited for us to get. And, you know, at the time we played, um, it was $11.5 million transfer fee for him right now. Like the rumors about him going, we saw some rumors on him going to Brazil and, and that was for 8 million. So I have a feeling that, just in this season, his value can go dramatically up from eight million. And to me, that seems like the smartest thing way for the club to play it. And you know, we're also sitting here still with one open DP slot, which we haven't really talked about. You know, with everything starting tomorrow, it seems like a reach that that's going to be filled now. I, I'm starting to get a feeling it's more likely as a summer transfer window. I could be wrong, it could be coming, yeah. but um, it would be interesting to see if, for example, Brian Robbery. Rodriguez does get moved in the summer one way or another. And then all of a sudden we have another open DP slot. Although I think he might be now occupying a U22, which when we see the, the roster, the M roster rules get released from the player association, we'll, we'll know for sure more on that, but which is, yeah. Uh, and, so and, we got and again, it might be, it might be a Chicho is a DP conversation at that point too. Right. So I'm excited right. for the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
we're spending a lot. We're spending a lot of Tam or this year or Garber bucks, you know. Tam, and, uh, damn, I don't get it. That's why I have you here. You know, I don't the, understand the rate, it all. The so rate they're spending it, you know, <laughs> if, if you look, the rate they're spending it kind of looks like a win now. You know, it's because, so confusing uh, though. You it know, is, it's like it you is. have so, so much, but yet it's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of this, and it's just so confusing. It's ridiculous. So, but we, so here's, we have here's a question real quick. We have a question yeah, the, real quick the, that um, it says, uh, "What role do you guys want the third DP to take?" Oh man, that's <laughs> what I was just age. about to bring up. Because go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, Justin. Well, I, I just think it's interesting because I think a lot of people prior to these recent signings would have said absolutely a DP midfielder, right, to replace Atuesta or, or you know because there was a big hole in our midfield. But now that we've brought in Elias Sanchez, we've brought in Acosta, we have uh, four starting level midfielders. In, and so is, is that really where we need the DP now? Yeah. I do. I think JP, so. you say, I yeah, so. go ahead, elaborate. Because we only have five midfielders. We have Blessing, we have uh, um, Guinella, Sifu, Ilya, and Acosta. Acosta is going to get called up Sifu's going to fight to get called up. And if one of those gets injured, we're left with three or two, you know? So we need a veteran DP, or maybe not even a veteran DP, or just, you know, a DP, a good, a good strong presence to really cement our midfield as one of the best in the league. On paper and on the payroll, it's the biggest and the best, but they haven't played together. But with a DP, it should really, you know, be a no-brainer that, that this mm. midfield becomes one of the best. Um, because the top three are fine. Uh, at least for the first six months, Bella, Chicho, Birar, Ismael, Opoku, Moose, that's fine. Don't need to touch it. Don't need to, you know, give Trundolo headaches of who do I start, who do I sit. Um, because if Birar is the one that's sacrificed because, you know, Bella's payroll makes him play, then Birar might have an attitude again, and, and I don't want that saga to repeat itself. So if you put him in the midfield, it's easier to sit Sifu because he might learn from the DP. Um or, you know, Acosta gets called and, and you know, he fills in there. Um, it's just less problems in the midfield because you want six midfielders at least um, because of how this league is, how quick these games are. Hamstrings are about to get pulled. Um, I think you need that in the midfield. Um, and then it just it just helps, I think. Benching Eric? Sifu is yeah, a yeah. to me. I, it's, yeah, I, I uh, kind of... I'm it's easier to bench forward. Sifu than it is B Rod or Bella. We're waiting oh, yeah, for Sifu yeah, no. to take the next step. It's his turn. Sifu, it's his turn. Sifu ahead, is Eric. Sifu's kind of the guy that's the hardest, the hardest to figure out what to do if he's gone. You know, like who who do you put behind him? With the rest of the midfielders, like they're not really that full attacking role that we don't ask them for that like creativity around the box that we ask Sifu for, which you know. Sometimes I have mixed feelings whether he's the best guy we can have though or not. You know, there's a couple times last year where that final ball wasn't quite there and, and sometimes where that final ball wasn't finished by the forward either. Um, so I, I definitely think that probably Sifu is the guy we're thinnest behind. If we lose him, like who, who comes up next to it, who doesn't play for the Vegas lights, you know, um, there's, th there's another part of me that would love to see it on the back line. Like, let's say like a Tiago Silva or something like that. But, yeah. but then the other side with fall developing and, you know, we have some other good center back talents that are behind at the lights and maybe that's where we can develop guys, you know? So, and then, then you look, where else are we thin? Like we're kind of thin. We have a Rongo up front, 
if we lose Arango, we have Musovski and Jennings. You know, how how does that work out? Are they ready to take another step up? Maybe maybe another number nine is a way to go as well. But I, I think ultimately it's behind Sifu. But I could have lukewarm arguments for a nine or a center back. Hmm. Uh, Celso? I think two things about DPs. One is that there's not every position is worth the DP money, regardless of how good they are, right? And let's be honest, we're never going to get Tiago Silva to come here unless he's already lost a step, which tells me he probably shouldn't be a DP. So it's a, it's a, it's a cycle. In my opinion, it has to be someone that either scores a lot of goals or does, you know, or, or uh, uh, creates a lot of assists. So that tells me it has to be someone on the offensive side of the ball just so you can get the best bang for your buck, right? Because you can mm. always build around it. So in my, And the last thing I'll say is, like, get the best player that you can get that's out there, right? Forget trying to fit it in the greatest scheme of your roster. You can always move players thereafter, right? There are left if you have the, you know, the, the problem of having too much of a good thing in one particular position. So I believe the, the problem the MLS play, uh, teams sometimes have is that they overthink the DP spot right? This is an economic advantage to your team. Use it to your advantage. Minimize the amount of money that is going to bring to bring a tough, uh, you know, a top talent. That's why you spend it on Carlos Vela, because bringing a guy of that caliber, of that name, of that size, that's going to generate that many chances and that many goals for you, right, is going to pay off. So I'm mm. all for bringing someone that's going to be a top scorer or is going to have a deep impact. Look at João Paulo for Seattle was signed once again for a ton of money, they won't give him a DP contract. You know what I mean? We could have done that with a Twista. We wouldn't do it, right? So it has right. to be someone that's going to be impactful in the stat sheet. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So for me, it's a center forward or it's a flashy winger, but one that scores, you know, right. was actually will do stuff. And by the well, way, B-Rod's sure. an excellent sure. assist guy. He's a very sure. good assist guy. But Justin, we appreciate that. That, uh, that, that, that question, and we hope that we answered uh, where we want the DP at. Well, what about you, Hawaii? Don't forget oh, you. Oh, what me. Yeah, no, nah, wow, man. Man, my opinion don't matter. I'm just here. Uh, no, I, you know, look, I, honestly, it depends. Like, if, if let's say Vela left it for in the summer and we our front office really does know, I would prefer it to be someone up top, you know? Um, let's just say JP – I mean, JT already knows that Vela is going to exit – then, yeah, that's what I want. If not, I'm okay with it being in the midfield, and I, I also see the point of it being on the back line. I mean, um, you know, having a DP back there on the back line gives you that for sure leadership that everybody will have to turn and look at and say, hey, look, we listened to him, and I think that's what you get from that. But um, Toronto's you know, doing it now. Yeah. Toronto yeah, so, is doing so it. It's a, it's a I, new wave maybe that the MLS is turning into. Great you point, have one JP. in the back line. That's um, a really great point. But the other thing think, is, do we do we get it now or do we wait until the summer and possibly Vela leaves and you have to? You, you have to wait to for the Vela. Have to wait for. Oh, yeah. look at us disagreeing. This is no, good. I would, and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why because y'all know I'm 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 big on this. I feel like we need three DPs for a whole season. Like we just haven't that. had it. And I understand that people are like, "Yo, we wait till the summer and we can get better." That's fine, but. LAFC, this is their fifth year, and we've yet seen three DPs on the pitch for a full year. Like, that's crazy to me, you know, and I get it. Like, last year we barely played with any DPs, and we almost worked our way out of it. But just imagine if we had all three. 
like we, I would, I just want to see it. It's, it's year five. That's, that's for me. Um, but I, I can completely understand why people say wait till the summer. It's just a selfish thing for me to want it from the beginning. And the I question think, is, uh, is it going to be a lot of activity right before a World Cup? You know, it's a weird year because we never had World Cup in the winter, right? But now it's going to be in December, which means summer, summer's a, it's a fair game. Is anybody going to want to move play teams, right? Top caliber players, they're going to be with Aspiration World Cup. Anyone going to want to move teams and, and, and risk themselves at that point? I don't know, which limits right. the market. So not everybody's available. Do you wait for the World Cup to happen? Yeah. I right. believe it's the best shot. We'll I, yeah, I, I just don't want to see a reach for it. You know, I don't want the, exactly. the, we just have to finish the slot so they grab somebody that they wouldn't necessarily like. I mean, it's the DP is such was a reach, a huge... wasn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Like, I mean, what was that going to do for us? Oh, uh, Jay, uh, Cabecita, the uh, Rodriguez, uh, Jonathan Rodriguez that we lost, right? So, it, was that a reach? Like, was that like, I fully felt that was a little bit of a reach, but. He, you know, at the same point, he also seemed like a player that really filled kind of a position of need for us, allowed some right. flexibility. Like I, you know, of course he was a little bit of a reach, but he, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of one. Oh, know? the, the other podcast was selling him as a center forward. And I'm like, well, he's not really a center forward. He plays a lot of midfield and he can do it very well. well in the mid -left. That, that's the other point about if I, I favor, I agree that I'd love a center back. I just think it's unlikely we, we sign a DP center back because it's, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's happening very much. But if, if we were to get a number nine, right, I think that because everyone wants a flashy, you know, signing that gets on the stat sheets, as, as you said, Celso. But I think that what goes under the radar is that still solves the problem that JP was saying about the midfield and having Sifu because people forget that Chicho is also Chicho could easily play the 10. He played that mm -hmm. in Millonados and he can do that uh, as well as the nine. So if you sign a uh, nine, you put him there, you just drop Chicho back. And if, if you know, see if it was in, on international duty or whatever, then yeah. problem solved in both ways. Mm -hmm. Right. The solution may be Sifu becoming that, a defensive player, right? Because he played that role like, look, against Austin. He was like end-to-end -end midfielder, played essentially uh, a twisters role and played it well, right? So he could be an eight, right? Maybe the, the answer is making Sifu the eight. Right. I think I Sifu know. should step up into a twisters role and be the guy in the midfield. I think this should be his year where he breaks out because um, – it Isn't just, that it where Acosta is going to play? See, you know, the, but that's that's see, that, has sorry. he has so much physical strength that I see him up there pushing center backs around at the same time. Like part, sometimes I think Sipu could almost go a little further forward and just 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 for that alone, just to occupy the center backs to open it up for the wings. Hmm. Well, one thing we haven't talked about is the departures who have left the club. Uh, we 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 are running a little over. I know Justin, you have to get to your pod. Uh, but before you do, you want to talk a little bit about some of the people that have left, losing Blackman or um, uh, Duke or anything? Do you have any opinions on who has went? And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Escobar fills the Blackman hole pretty well. Um, obviously, that to us is a big loss. We're filling that with Sanchez and, and, and Acosta together. Um, Bryce Duke, I think I've always liked him as a player, um, but – yeah, I think I think the only problem with Bryce Duke League is maybe it wasn't very much money. I mean, hundred thousand is isn't a ton of money there um, to get for him, but it's just that he probably is not going to get in the team very much, especially with our revamped midfield. Uh, so I, I think I mean I'm happy for him to get a chance. I think he'll get a, a lot of minutes at Inter Miami, but I, I always liked him as a player, so it was a little bit sad to see him go for sure. 
No, I agree. Uh, when I first heard the news about both of them, I was not happy about it. I wanted them on the bench to have that depth. But with what has came in, I'm not as upset about it anymore. You know, I was definitely not happy about it in the chat. I definitely said it. But you see who JT has brought in and you're like, okay, well, we can deal with losing that and bringing this in. Uh, Celso, what do you what do you think about all that? Yeah, I talked a little bit about some of these already during the broadcast, but the, the one that I believe we had to replace the most was Raheem Edwards, just because of the amount of minutes and the amount of uh, positions he played for us. So even though he landed across the pond, you know, in Carson, I felt that we we just lacked a lot of need in that left side of the field. Uh, and again, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How would you do that? I mean, by the way, the whole spiel I went around. Sorry, like, I just had to say it, you know. Play, play, play. <laughs> I sent you a DM and told you we would take you back. <sighs> now I know why. But anyways, yeah, I, the departures, you know, I think Raheem is really the, the most important player. We we last not named Edward Twist, of course. He brought in something we were lacking, which a lot of that was passion. And some of the, mm -hmm. the, the stuff that we talked about is some of the intangibles. But at the same time, he let, um, you know, he was not a complete player for what we were uh, what we in need of. And I am 100% confident that the people that we brought in are is going to replace his. his. Right. It's okay, so, so you can say it. He's in Carson now. He lacks ability. That's yes. Right. And Eric, he looks like he's not even going to start there based on the depth chart that I saw. So that's pretty sad for him. Eric, what, what do you got about the people that have departed? You know, I, I liked Tristan Blackman a lot, um, and I like Bryce Duke a lot. I think it's good for Bryce Duke. I, I agree that he probably wasn't going to see very many minutes this year for us. So for him, it's good that he's off to get minutes. And, you know, part of this, I wonder if this is, as I was talking about how kind of the, the Blackman deal to Charlotte was worth, you know, three and a half was worth three times more than the, the deal was for Bryce Duke. I wonder how much of this was they were just going to do right by him and get him to a team where he could play versus, right. you know, if they would let him go, Charlotte picks up Duke and who knows what they do with it. You know, it could be one where our front office just did it for the player. You know, how much of this does or doesn't happen is hard, hard to say. Blackman, I really like, especially as he was a uh, – he was in the supplemental roster, which means he had a zero cap hit. He's 25 years old now, which I think I, I think at a certain age you stop having the zero cap hit. So that makes me a little less disappointed with him moving to Vancouver. You know, if, if he counted against the cap hit, he gets really tough. As long as there's zero, like I'm all for keeping zero cap hit players all day long because, mm -hmm. you know, they don't hurt the bottom line. All right, JP, finish this up, buddy. What um, do you think? I mean – I think we didn't lose a center back. I think we didn't, you know, sell a center back, which is important um, because Mario Fall and, and Ibiaga really, um, you know, they weren't the best, but they ended off the season, I guess, on a high note, higher note, um, you know, more more solidity in the back. Uh, and then now Segura comes back and, and it just further reinforces it. Um, Ilya can also play in there. And then uh, Escobar, I think, if we play a back five, can also play the right center back role um, if we really want to be super offensive. Um and then Moon out wide and Escobar a bit in. Um, so I think that's that's what was important. Um, I liked Duke. Um, he had fire to him, but now with the additions that we got, we got enough fire to, to replace that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a Twesta is a Twesta. I think he should be in Europe. 
Um, definitely could have seen him in Belgium um, or, or, you know, Ajax or, or PSV or something. Um, definitely didn't expect him to go to top five immediately, but um, he goes to Palmeiras, which is the best team in South America right now. Nothing to complain about, but, you know, just a personal, a personal, you know, want of mine would have been um, he deserves to be in Europe. But, yeah, I mean, I think everything that, that we've done so far, this transfer market um, ultimately is making sense now. Uh, we just need a goalie. Uh, I think, you know, we, we got do. a goalie coach. We just um, got a goalie coach. Now we uh, just which need is a reported. Goalie. Well, it's reported. <laughs> it's reported that, that he's, you know, joining Trendelo's staff. Pablo Iglesias reported it. Um, Oka Nikolov. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm gonna count how many of those I'm gonna see in the game. They're all gonna come oh. out now. Like, yeah, uh, you should have said you should have said Celso a few of those, Eric. But look, man, I just want to say thank you to you guys for joining Justin and JP. We appreciate it. Also, for anyone that has joined us and viewed uh, and watched this, we appreciate it. And uh, look, we're. We're trying to build our social on IG, Facebook, trying to be a lot more active on uh, all the social networks. We have a website that you can go and get a lot of content from uh, great articles written by a lot of the voices at uh, voicesoftheblackandgold.com. Um, just check it out. And we're going to do this every week. And um, I appreciate all you joining. Really do. I've enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Big thank right. you to Hawaii here who basically started this whole thing and made built this whole community. So, uh, you know, bro, the thanks goes out to you. With a lot great. of help. With a lot yeah, of help man. from you guys. Me and Celso, uh, bro, you know how I feel about you, Eric, Justin. Yeah, man. We're, we're a community. We're, uh, this like, is what it's about. Yeah. It's been a good time and I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, and, and look, this is the first one. There was a little, you know, we're, we're going to get a lot better at it. And uh, all, all we can do is constantly try to give the truth of how we feel of our opinions. And as I say, this is an open platform for anyone that wants to come and agree or disagree with us. You're always more than welcome to come and join us. And we'll just talk about it because that's what this is about. The love for this game, but the love for this badge that we support and that we love so much. Oh, shit. And, um, yeah, man. So I appreciate you guys so much. Justin, enjoy your yeah. See, look, yeah, looky there. But Justin, Hello. enjoy your pie today. Everybody, make sure you go and check it out. Show the love for for you know one of the voices and and uh, peace out, guys.